Amen. Good morning, church. How is everybody? Um, I'm thankful to have my friend Paul and his beautiful bride, Jan, here. Uh, Paul's our president of uh, Converge Cornerstone, our denomination. Uh, so his support of our community. Gosh, I'm really going to try. Thanks for being here. I really do have something to say. Just got to get there. Uh, So this is Holy Week, if you didn't know that. <laughs> um, it's a week when we, uh, we participate in darkness. It's what we do. Um, we participate in, in darkness um, of life before we celebrate life in the resurrection. Uh, yesterday, we had a funeral here. Alex did a great job uh, officiating that. Um, and so we were here for that, helping the family, uh, unrelated to the events of this week. And then uh, last night, we had our kickoff to our Spanish service, which was rocking. <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, it was 1980s jazzercise with God. <laughs> Um, if you've ever wanted to experience Jesus in a different way, a little bit more charismatic, a little bit Pentecostal, then um, our, our service now is every Wednesday here at 7 o'clock. You're all invited. Um, Josh and Grace Valdez were super helpful for me. Thank you if you're watching online because they uh, gave me play-by-play -play on what was being said. So I need Karina. Thank you, Josh. That was super helpful. So I need my own interpreter. So elders... Put that in the budget, because uh, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue what was going on, but I knew Jesus was here. And there was dancing, and there was kneeling, and there were tears, and there were, there were uh, incredible times of celebration. Uh, and you would have been proud of what was going on in this room. So I extend that invitation to you. If you're like me and you don't know anything, just come. You'll, you'll be swept up in the uh, excitement of the Lord. Um, so that's a little side note. Um, so I've anticipated this day for a long time. Last year, if you remember, uh, we were mostly all at home. Um, and we didn't not do Palm Sunday. We didn't not do Good Friday. We did not do Easter, but it was different. And uh, so I've anticipated this day and this week for a long time, uh, for a year. 
this, this day when we celebrate Jesus's triumphant ride uh, in on a donkey. Uh, and everything that comes with that, the, the kids and palm branches and flowers and, and laughter, um, songs of, of Hosanna and uh, uh, these symbolic palm branches kind of thrown around in, in incredible historic scripture passages that kind of usher us into this beautiful, beautiful week in the life of the church and for the life of believers all over around the world. And this year, like many of you, this year is also going to be different. Uh, we bring heavy hearts um, uh, into this week with the, uh, the dark uh, tragedy of our community. And so we bring that in. Uh, for a lot of you, uh, maybe who are at home, you, you're still bringing COVID with you, the, the fears and, and the concerns and the heartache of maybe losing loved ones or, or hearing about it, and you're just scared, and, and it's okay. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to hurt. It's okay not to be okay. With that said, I, I firmly believe that we, you and I, we can still participate, we can still celebrate, we can still reflect on what this week is. It's just going to be a little different. But it's still going to be good. Would you please stand with me and, and let's read this morning's passage out of the book of John, the triumphal entry, John chapter 12, starting at verse 12. And we stand because this is our rock. These words that describe this king will never shift away. It will never crumble. It's worthy of our respect. It's worthy of our reverence. It's worthy of, of who it represents for our surrender. And that's why we stand. Here's what it says, starting in verse 12. The next day, the great crowd, Jesus has just raised Lazarus from the dead. A lot of stuff going on, tons of uh, rumors flying around and people are whispering, they're in awe. The next day, the great crowd that had come from the feast heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel can hear the excitement in their voices. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it as it is written, do not be afraid, O daughter of Zion. See now your king. He is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Well, at first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize these things had been written about him. And that they had done these things to him. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continue to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had given this miraculous sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, or, or better described in the original language, look. Set your gaze, set your attention. See, this is getting us nowhere. Look again. 
how the whole world has gone after him. That is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. So let's note here at the outset that Jesus rode in on a donkey, not on a horse. Horses, uh, if you've been around Palm Sunday for any length of time in the church, you, you've probably been taught horses are, are for warriors, they're for generals, they're for officers, uh, and most notably circled uh, emotion and, and thought around war. But donkeys, can't help but to hear Shrek, but donkeys, they're a sign of peace. Believe it or not, they're a sign of peace. And so Palm Sunday is the day when the Prince of Peace rode in and began his journey to his death on a cross. A death, mind you, that he freely and fully accepted. It wasn't done to him. He freely accepted what was going to happen. He knew the risks. He knew the pain that was coming. And it was free and it was full for the people of Jerusalem. And thankfully for you and for me. On Good Friday, churches around the world will sit in darkness as we will. And they'll remember uh, that death on the cross. The contradictory nature, if you would, of, of Good Friday to Easter is, is darkness into light. And it's crucial in understanding this importance to understand the magnitude of Easter. To reflect, to, to go slow. Because Easter is that embodiment of all of the love and the sacrifice of God for humanity. It's the goodness, if you would. And so it's important not to rush. It's important all the time not to rush. It's even more important today, this week, this season, not to rush, to feel. But as we remember, we have to be intentional to understand the importance of the resurrection. Now, I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to ruin it for you. Uh, there's a great announcement coming on Easter that he has risen, but I'm not going to tell you that yet. You see, darkness before the resurrection is key to understanding the significance of God's presence in our world. Yes, even when it's dark. The shouting of Hosanna that we read about, meaning save us, is quickly replaced with crucify him. It reveals this human nature of power, of war, of wanting to be in charge, of wanting to do what I want to do rather than of love and, and grace and peace. And yet, even when God's people deny him, the mission continues. God still chooses humanity through the resurrection. And he still chooses you. 
in your darkness, in your struggle, in your confusion, in, in, in your trials, in your tribulations, in your anger, in your walking away, he still chooses you. We, we see that the people expected a Messiah that was going to come and, and conquer the enemies. What they received was something radically different. Alex says this very often, we have the advantage of hearing the story. <laughs> we, we have the advantage, tongue-in-cheek, you know, it is no mystery what Easter presents us. We know how the story ends. And it's pretty easy for us to throw shade on the disciples running away and the people turning and the chaos that ensued throughout Holy Week. It's pretty easy for us to do that, but we know they didn't. But he was exactly what they needed, even if it's not who they were looking for. And yet, as I chicken scratch these notes yesterday between the funeral and the... Um, the Spanish service kicking off, I found myself wondering how could people shift so quickly? I, I found myself just grappling with that. How, how in the world could people shift so quickly yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We love you, Jesus, celebrating. How could people shift to mock and disown and spit at and eventually crucify our Lord? How could these men and these women and children abandon Jesus, literally abandon hope? And as I wrestled with that and, and just feelings of judgment, feelings of anger, um, probably falsely uh, or wrongly redirected because of what I'm feeling all week, uh, I, I realized I need only to look in the mirror to see the faces of those people who I judge. Of Judas. Of the sleeping disciples. Of the religious leaders of Peter. I am all of them. I am every one of them. My sins are no greater than theirs, no less than theirs. I've, I've not always put Jesus first in everything. I've daydreamed and tuned out during my own prayer time. When Sandy and I first got married, I, I uh, you know, the... The strength of a man in me welled up and I'm going to lead my family and would often fall asleep in my own prayers out loud and she'd have to wake me up to finish what I was saying. I am them. <laughs> I haven't put Jesus first above everything. I've denied him. I've failed to speak up for my Savior. I am them. And that darkness, my darkness, is in part why, why light broke through. Why light had to break through. 
why it was absolutely necessary to break through. Why Jesus mounted a donkey and rode in. This week has been horrible for our world. It's been heartbreaking for our nation. It's been devastating for our state. And it's been crippling to our community. And I want you to know the Lord feels that pain. He feels it with you. He feels the confusion with you. And as he feels our pain, he encourages us. He invites us. He almost forces us to ask the question, why? But not the why you might think. You see, there will be a day, there will be a moment where it's going to be very appropriate to debate gun control. There will come a day when it's going to be very appropriate to debate and discuss laws and bills. There will come a day to right the wrongs. But what God calls us to do is to reflect and ask, why Jesus? That's Palm Sunday. I hurt with you. Many of you know I'm a chaplain with the Boulder Police Department. Started a year ago that, that the Lord just kicked the doors down and forced his way into the department. First chaplain program that the Boulder City has ever had. I'm also, as of, well, it's not even official, but it is now, um, about two weeks ago, asked to be the lead chaplain to begin the brand new ever chaplain program at the Louisville Police Department. And it was so abundantly evident during starting the chaplain program at Boulder and, and starting the chaplain program here at Louisville, uh, the discussion came on, on the gentleman, my, my dear friend Scott, who's uh, basically my supervisor, is he said these words, God is obviously forcing his way in. This was on March 3rd. God is forcing his way in. I wonder what's coming. This week I have sat with I have cried with, I have listened to, I have sat in silence with several hundred officers, SWAT operators, investigators, chiefs, district attorneys, attorney generals, 
within 20 minutes of the incident unfolding, I was in the command post, not, not far from King Super. And I, and I watched uh, the destruction firsthand. I, wa- I watched the horror, the, the pain and the struggle and the fear. And as I drove in on that Monday afternoon, I began to ask why as I drove entirely too fast. I just shouted why in my car. Why such darkness? Why such evil? Why? And it hurt because in addition to the nine citizens, these innocent citizens who were taken way too early, Officer Eric Talley, badge number 10-9, was an officer, a colleague, and a friend. And then I was reminded in that moment of shouting why, I was reminded, and before I even spoke to anyone, I was reminded of Revelation 21-4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither there shall be mourning, no crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And I longed. I just begged God to hurry that up. This last Wednesday, I listened to the mournful words of a musical artist from 1825, James Montgomery. May, some of you old-timers might, might know this. I, um, you decide if you're an old-timer, but um, go to Dark Gethsemane. Anybody remember that hymn? The one, it's awesome. <laughs> it's always a super impactful uh, analogy when only one person in the room <laughs> knows what the heck you're talking about. Thank you, Randy. Even if you've never heard of it, thank you for not leaving me <laughs> up here. It's a, it's a strong visual. You may not like the old version. There's been some revisions done that are much hipper, if that's even a word, but whatever. Um, you might want to look it up. Go to Dark Gethsemane. It's pretty awesome. In it, there's a strong visual of the Lord's suffering and then followed with the emergence of his death. And in here in part are some of the words. Golly. Follow to the judgment hall. View the Lord of life arraigned. Oh, the wormwood. We we just have lost a lot of words in our modern society. Oh, the wormwood and the gall. Oh, the pangs of his soul sustained. But the hymn ends with this. Christ is risen. He meets our eyes. Savior, teach us to rise. And I listened, realizing the great sacrifice that Christ made for me, for you, for for all of us. 
This week reminded me that, that I have to move mentally and, and physically and spiritually and every other lee that we can attach to it. I have to move through the darkness of sin and Jesus' suffering to see the light of heaven. I have to do that. Our community needs to do that. Your friends and family and neighbors, we need to move through that, not too quick. We need to recognize that without Jesus Christ, we will remain in darkness forever. That this darkness, you know why this darkness of this week feels so horrible? It's because it's tangible sin. And we don't often get a peek behind the enemy's curtain. And this week we did. This is personal. And we need to reflect on Jesus' last days, hearing the words of the scripture through the singing of, of, of uh, painstaking uh, worship songs and hymns. to bring us to Easter. We need to repent of our, of our sin. Man, it's so easy to, to just look at the shooter and, and, and focus on how, how horrible he is. And I just encourage you as a follower of Jesus Christ, look at your own sin. And strive as, as best you can with the help of the Holy Spirit to not repeat those sins. To live as God wants us to live. To put God first. The pastor last night running around this stage, one of his phrase, thanks to Josh who, who interpreted for me, said, stop saying the devil made me do it. You opened the door. to pray daily with focus, to remain faithful to God no matter the dark poles of society and the distractions or the attractions of life and so much more. That's our call. Throughout this week, I, I've heard more times than I can recall this stated feeling of a sense of invasion. This didn't happen around the world. It did not happen at another state. It happened 10 minutes from here. Thousands have said, that's my king super. That's my town. That's where my family shops. And we feel invaded that, that the evil and the darkness invaded my world. How dare you? Thank you, man. Isn't Pat looking good today? <laughs> There's feelings of fear and anger and numbness and frustration and unanswered questions and sadness and feelings of emptiness. And I can please know this. You are not alone. I have sat this week in the room with 200 investigators from every branch, federal, state, and local, and all of them, amidst their work, are feeling exactly those things as well. 
This event of the week joins together the other jolting threads of violence and heartache over the last year or so. It's not limited to this. It's, it's race relations. It's financial problems. It's politics. It's the virus. It's skyrocketing suicides. And yes, it's other mass shootings. You can almost feel, Randy and Sarah just got back from Florida, so it will mean more to them than you. But you can almost feel like you're standing on sand. Any of you stood on sand in the last week? Yeah, lucky people. It's almost like you're standing on sand and you can feel the sand starting to give way under your feet. Culture, our world, it just seems like it's cracking under our feet. So the question comes with that, where's our anchor? Where's our foundation? Where can I stand where the ground isn't going to give way? And these are important questions. You ought to be asking those. Please ask those. In fact, grab those around you, whether they are walking with God or not, enter into these questions with them. Because they provide the very answer to why Jesus had to ride in on a donkey. Why we even have a Palm Sunday. Because know this, if there weren't the darkness, we wouldn't need the donkey. We wouldn't need Good Friday. We wouldn't need Easter. But the darkness is real, friends. It's why he had to be falsely arrested and tried, why those around him split the fastest that they could, why he obediently approached the Garden of Gethsemane, why unspeakable darkness and evil and pain fell upon him. Destruction that this world have, has never seen and has never seen since. He rode in because of the darkness. Do any of you like to camp? Oh, no, more hands, there we go. So if you've ever gone camping and, and you've stood outside, and just to include all of you, have any of you seen nighttime? <laughs> hey, we're all on board. Perfect analogy. All right, so picture nighttime. There, there's really two polar opposites of nighttime that we can experience. One, we, we're outside and it is a full moon, the greatest full moon ever and stars everywhere. Picture a night where you almost don't need anything. You could play cards and play baseball. It is so bright. You guys experience that. If someone turns on a light, it really doesn't make much difference because it is so light already. And now turn your attention to that night that you maybe have experienced where it is so dark that it defines darkness. There's no moon. There's no stars. There's no city lights. 
In fact, if you get up from your tent or you walk outside for you city folk, you can't see your hand in front of your face. That kind of darkness, it's, it's almost malleable. And with that kind of darkness, the tiniest glimmer of light exposes the darkness for what it is. And the light travels. It can't be stopped. And I want to say to you that in part, the darkness of where we live has been exposed this week. And that darkness will not win. It will not win in the hearts of this world. It will not win in the hearts of your neighbors and friends. The darkness has been exposed. Just like I believe the enemy celebrated and shot off fireworks and streamers when Jesus said, it is finished and took his last breath for he thought the darkness overcame. I believe that same celebration was going on right around three o'clock Monday afternoon. And as he was wrong on Calvary, he was wrong on Monday. And he's wrong today because we choose hope. The kingdom of God is stronger in Boulder County today than it was last Sunday. The churches are rising up. The networking, the unity, the caring for, the boldness of the gospel is going forth light years ahead of where it would have been had this tragedy not happened. Our chaplain programs, our churches are at least a decade in advance of where they were last Sunday. And that's what God does. Because our community now, and this is where you come in, our community is looking for hope. Our, our community is looking for answers. Our community in the midst of horrific darkness is looking for any kind of light to expose the darkness, to shed light on all this. When I think of Jesus taking on the sins of everyone by dying on the cross, I, I find myself almost incapable of understanding that kind of love. As a dad of four, my daughter Naomi's over here, as a dad of four, I understand the weight and the magnitude of being a parent. But I can't imagine, I can't even really consider it at times, the love of God the Father allowing his son to ride in on a peaceful donkey only to die for us several hours later. And then if you pause long enough to reflect on the Son, Jesus Christ, who is willing to die for you and for me, for the shooter, that's a powerful love that my mind struggles to comprehend.
because I have sinned, especially this week. I'm weary, friends. I'm tired. I'm tired of crying. I'm just tired. My heart, my mind, my body, my emotions, I'm just weary. But I choose hope. And I can't thank you enough for being here. It would be really lonely today if you weren't here. I choose hope. I'm reminded of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint because Jesus is our hope. Thank you. And the passage ends when we have hope, when we have faith in him, he renews our strength. That's what he does. And yes, Holy Week, even without all this, brings a lot of emotion. Sadness and grief and guilt. But in the end, on Easter morning, and it will be so here, friends, this Sunday, this place, and churches all around the world, darkness and pain and sorrow and confusion will give way to happiness and thankfulness and joy and hope. The assurance of heaven is not given based on what you do, who you are, what you've accomplished, how good you are. The blessed assurance and the hope is based on the defeat of darkness and the victory of light. And this is why we can shout from the rooftops, albeit at times with fists that are clenched and and tears streaming down our face, we can shout from the rooftops on this beautiful Palm Sunday, Psalm 27, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? May God comfort you this day as we enter into Holy Week. Hug those who are closest to you. Please refrain from the political positioning. Just let us get through Tuesday when we lay Eric to rest. And the other families have time this week to to lay their loved ones to rest. Please just try your hardest. I, I know it's hard. Just If you want to honor Eric, Eric was, um, Eric was kind. Eric was, um, Eric had a really loud laugh, like really loud. And he loved his seven kids and his wife. 
if you want to honor Eric and you want to honor the, the ones who we've lost, these nine beautiful citizens, then just grab the ones who are your near and just love them. That's so much healthier than arguing. Just love them. Just embrace them. Laugh. Do something normal. But cling to your God as we enter into Holy Week. Good Friday is going to be amazing. And Easter is going to be amazing even still. And you're invited. And as Alex said, I, I want to encourage you, please, 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 if there's ever a time when you could invite someone near you, a neighbor, a friend, a coworker, a stranger at the supermarket, seven o'clock here this Friday, we will gather. And I'd love for you to bring the world with you. Certainly if you feel comfortable. And then on Sunday, Mimi is, is back there and Mimi is gonna make sure we have an enormous amount of food and coffee and teas and we will celebrate the hope that we have in our risen King, Jesus Christ. On behalf of Sandy and I and our kids, thank you for carrying us in prayer this week. Thank you for carrying um, our community. Thank you for carrying our first responders. Um, you're amazing. And um, Tanner, get up here and do whatever you're going to do uh, so I can be done. Let's, let's pray together. I screwed that up, sorry. Let's pray together. Would you please stand with me? And as we get ready to prayer, just a, another quick commercial. Um, we're going to end the service here as soon as the, our incredible team is done leading us in worship. As, as soon as that is uh, finished, we're going to move uh, in roughly about five minutes after we dismiss you all. If you want to hang out and talk and visit and form community, please do that. Please do not rush out of here. We just ask that you do that in the, uh, the lobby there. There's still plenty of coffee and tea. Please, please, please do that. If you're interested in, in praying, uh, Alicia, my dear friend Alicia, is just going to lead us in that prayer time. Um, and so you're invited. So, so please join us again. If, if you're not um, under the banner of grace and love, we need you to leave and go out there. <laughs> I don't want to say that badly, but we need, to, we need to get going with prayer. And if you need anything, my phone's on 24-7. You can call me, you can text me, you can email me. I know so many of you have reached out to me, checking on me, which I appreciate, but uh, it's important for you to care and feel as well. So if you need anything, please let me know. And for you dear people joining us online, literally all over the world, uh, certainly all over the United States, uh, God bless you. You mean the world to us. Uh, we pray for you. We remember you, even though you're not here present in the room. Think of the, the Hoppus family and Carpenter family and, and so many of you, uh, Mark's mom, um, Scott, Nebraska, uh, I could just keep listing Linda and Canada. The list goes on and on and on. We love you uh, and we're grateful for you. We know that you're standing with us as Rock Creek Church. So God bless you. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. And sometimes that's all we can muster. 
We love you and we trust you. We trust you even in the darkness. We trust you even in despair. We trust you even in pain. You are trustworthy. You've proven yourself over and over and over again. You're not the one who's prone to wander. We are. And we're sorry for that. Turn our sorrow and tears into joy at the end of this next week. But let us feel, let us feel why you even had to mount a donkey and travel into a town that you knew moments later was going to turn on you because the darkness was so dark and your light was so bright. So thank you for being obedient, Jesus. Thank you for saving. Thank you for redeeming. Thank you for second and third and fourth and fifth chances. You are a good God, worthy of praise, worthy of trust, worthy of our lives. Help us to be uh, those reflections throughout this week to a community who's so desperately looking for answers. We have gathered, we have prayed, we have opened the scriptures under your banner. We are grateful that we are not alone. We love you. In Christ's name we pray and all God's people here and at home said, amen.